Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Okay, so we are back for part two of this two-part episode, which I actually wasn't planning for this to be a two-part episode, but I clearly had a lot to say on this particular topic. And this is something that I have been kind of just shouting from the rooftops from the very beginning of my business. So this is part two of your lead generation problem is not a lack of leads. Now, I will say, if you didn't listen to the last episode, part one, you need to go and listen to part one, because some of what I'm going to say today in this episode for part two is not going to make a lot of sense without it. So again, what I want us to reframe for this entire, the context of this entire conversation is that we often will say, right, it's quality over quantity. And then yet, the number one thing that I keep hearing in the market is, I need more leads, I need more leads, I need more leads. And the marketers out there and the marketing agencies out there would have you believe that you, in fact, need to have hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of leads in order to build a successful six, seven, eight-figure business. And I don't believe that's the case. In fact, there's evidence that shows otherwise that not every single six, seven, or eight-figure business even has that many leads in their entire database, right? It also begs the question of, you know, do, do you need to have a huge email list? No, again, not required. So I have a dear friend of mine who actually has a very, very small email list, but has a massive database of people in her network. And so over the course of her business career, she has, number one, used referrals and word of mouth as her main sales strategy. And as a result, she doesn't have a ton of leads. She has never really needed to have a ton of leads. She's constantly booked. She constantly has a wait list and she constantly has to turn away business and clients. Now, is it the most proactive type of business? No. Is it the one that I would prefer you to have? No, because I think it leads for a lot of uncertainty when you don't know where your next client is coming from. That being said, if you are already well-established with a referral and word-of-mouth network that you you really don't need to have a ton more clients, then it's already very stable. But if you're in the early stages and you're trying to build a referral slash outreach slash uh, word of mouth based business, I will tell you right now that only focusing on that one type of business puts your hands and your businesses in the hands of the people that you're relying on to provide referrals for you. So while it is a great um, 
like an adjunct growth strategy, meaning like I would use it in conjunction with something else. And I have, that's how I built a startup to $15 million so quickly. Referrals was our number one, number one base. But we also did things on our own to, to control the flow of leads. Now, that being said, you don't need a lot of leads. You need to know what to do with those leads once you have them. And so I had begged the question at the end of the last episode asking, if right now I was to give you an extra 10, 100, or even 1,000 leads, would you know how to convert them? Would you know why they would buy from you? Would you know uh, how to move them through your customer journey? No? then what is the point in having more leads? Because for most of us that do have an email list of some kind or a database where we have a, you know, a CRM, a customer relationship management tool that is helping us to manage the contacts that we have and the, the relationships that we're building and the leads that we are organizing, you pay for that. And so to have an email list of 1,000, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000, and they're maybe never going to buy from you because you haven't done the three C's that I had mentioned in part one, then me giving you more leads is simply either going to exhaust you or it's going to break your business. How do I know this? Because I've seen this happen. I actually have personal experience with clients that have been. When you have an opportunity to increase the quality of your leads, that is my preference, okay? So instead of looking at quantity first, which is our natural go-to because our the fear of, oh my gosh, I'm missing out, I need more, without really identifying, do you actually need more? Like is more going to help you to get the goal that you want, which is more clients, but can you do that if you already have leads within your database, right? And nine times out of 10, when I'm talking to clients, the answer is yes, and or they have a hole in their bucket around one of those three C's that I mentioned during episode, the first part, okay, part one of this particular episode. So if right now you ascribe to the premise of quality versus quantity, okay, now if you don't ascribe to that, you can skip on through the rest of this episode. But if you honestly believe that quality over quantity is the way that you want to run your business, and ideally at some point you want both, you want to have more than enough leads, but you also want to have and maintain the, the quality of the leads that you have as well, right? We want to balance those two off. But in the short term, if you had to pick, you're going to pick quality over quantity. And at some point, the number of people that we have while we maintain that quality is going to keep going up and up and up and up. If you ascribe to that, stay tuned, okay? Because we're going to dive in deep on this. If right now you're going, nah, Susan, I just, I want as many people as possible. And I know that the average benchmarks of one to 5% conversion, that's totally fine. I'd rather just do more of the spray and pray. I'd rather just focus more on mass market strategies. There's no wrong or right right? There's no judgment here. Depending on what type of business that you want to run and, and the model that you want to serve, then you just have to pick. But if you're here because you want to focus on quality 
and really making sure that the people that are on your list, that you're cultivating an experience with them and a relationship with them, then this part of the episode is where I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper around why the focus on just more lead generation is actually a trap that is preventing you from connecting to the quality of people that you actually want to help and the quality of people that you actually want to say yes to your different offers. Okay. So when we have quality, number one, so there's three things that will keep you stuck from actually implementing and attracting more quality leads, which is really what you want, which is really what you need, which is really ultimately what's going to get you more clients rather than just focusing on quantity. Quantity still works, but there's a different strategy that needs to be employed when we're focusing on mass market and increasing the numbers, right? Like we're playing a numbers game. So for today, we're talking about quality. The first thing, it requires specificity. And that means that the more specific you are, it requires more work, which ties into number two, which is you can't be lazy, okay? So I'm gonna run through these actually really quickly and then we're gonna talk about all of them kind of together because they are interwoven. So it re- number one, requires specificity. Number two, you can't be lazy. And number three, it requires mastery. Guess what all three of these is related to? It's related to removing fear around what if it doesn't work? Because it's kind of like when you're going all in at the poker table, right? Like when you have a good hand and you're like, OMG, I'm going to win. I am going to win. And you're just not sure what everybody else at the poker table is holding. But you decide I'm all in. I am all in. This is such a good hand. I'm just pushing all the chips. We're laying it all out on the table. If you have never played poker, I'm sorry, this analogy probably won't make a lot of sense to you. But when you go all in on something because you believe in it so much, it means that you have to let go of fear that I'm not going to win, that it's not going to work, that I don't have the upper hand. And if you believe that what you're doing and the people that you do it for is a meeting of the minds, meaning that like your zone of genius and their area of gap or lack is exactly what you feel and it will help transform their life in whatever way that you uniquely do it, okay? You uniquely do your thing. That that gift that you have can only be served in the way that you do it. If you believe that to be true, then you automatically have to let go of the fear You have to let go of, well, what if it doesn't work? What if I pick the wrong thing? What if there's just not enough people? What if they won't buy? What if they don't like me enough? What if I can't get them the results? All of those things, which are lies straight from hell, are no longer your concern. Because your only concern is to keep doing what only you can do and show up as if that is the truth. Because it is. And when you let that go, right, because first we have to identify that, hey, there is this fear, there is this like lack or idea that somehow it's not going to to work out the way that I want it to work out. And so I want to have my plan B, plan C, plan C, D, E, F, G, H, right? I want to have all my fingers in the pot because you think it's going to be easier that way, but also possibly because I all 
always get at least one client that says to me, well, Susan, the average millionaire has seven or eight income streams. Yes, but not all at the same time where they created. They were created one at a time because multitasking is not real. We When we focus on one thing at a time and we finish it all the way through, yes, there's going to be opportunities for other things to kind of dovetail in that. But when you do one thing at a time and you see it all the way through, you are much more likely to see success, any kind of success, than if you do three things all at the same time. One of my, my past mentors, James Woodmore, keeps calling it a bridge, right? Like a half-built bridge does nothing. Like, I want you to literally think that, right? Like, see it in your mind. If you were to build a bridge and all the different plans that you have that are like, oh, there's option one and option two and option three and option four. These are all half-built bridges. A half-built bridge is not effective. It is almost, almost as bad as having no bridge. Actually, I think it might be worse because you've actually put in work and effort and you just didn't finish it. So it doesn't go anywhere. Like you, you can't use a half-built bridge, right? At least with no bridge, you can figure out, okay, I need to go and find a different route. But with a half-built bridge, you kind of start and then you have to stop and turn right back around. Remember what I said in part one, that our negativity bias means that those negative consequences feel so much worse than anything positive that happens. When we start something and then we have to stop and turn around, it feels way worse than if we just keep going all the way through. And I want you to know that you can do this, right? You can always try a different one, but first do the one thing all the way through. And that means that if you really are focused on the quality of the people that you want to serve, I want you to go all in on those people, the best people, and just know that you're not excluding those that you're not going to work with, right? Unless you actually say no to them. But what your messaging and your positioning will do in the market is that it will allow people to rise up to meet you where you are instead of you constantly going backwards to where they are. And I know that oftentimes we're told, you know, you meet them where they are. Yes, you can, right? You're, you need to have an understanding of where they are. But if they wanted to stay where they are, they would never hire you. They would never pay for your products and services. And so I really want us to think through what are some of these things that we have been fed as lies in the market in order for us to just stay stuck, in order for us to just keep doing the same old, same old. I'm tired of some of these things that I too have sat and gone, yeah, okay, I have to meet them where they are. Yeah, you know where they are because you're the expert that has already been there or had clients there and they don't want to be there anymore. So you need to help them to get out of that. And that's where your life, your expertise is aspirational for those clients to be able to see what it's like when they actually fix this. That's why the specificity the specificity is so, so important. Is this related to your niche? Yes, it is, but that's not exactly what we're talking about today. I'm talking about the fact that when you focus on quality, you have to be okay with saying no to certain people. You have to be okay with not having a humongous list, at least not right now. Because when you dial this in, when you know, like the back of your hand, in and out, why your ideal clients work with you, 
why they say yes, what makes them stay up at night, and why they easily pay for your offers, no matter what the price point, even if you have something for $7, for $700, for $7,000, for $700,000, I don't care what it is that you sell. I don't care what price it is, because I'm going to tell you, there is a market for everyone. And I have seen this across the board through my corporate career, now in my online business, and also in different industries like crypto. And I'm using the lens of what I've seen, observed, and then being able to dissect this in a way that hopefully you're able to figure out some pieces that are going to make the most sense for you. So when you are specific, you can't be lazy. Because when we want to be general marketers and general salespeople, you have to cast such a wide net that number one, it takes a long time. And number two, you got to talk to a lot of people in order to hear that one yes, right? And there is um, a, a general rule of thought that if you, if you look for 100 no's, that you will find a yes in there. And that's true, right? And I actually had a client do this because she was self-sabotaging. Uh, but I will tell you that along the way, especially if you are not a well-trained salesperson, it can be very defeating because again, our negativity bias. So when you understand that when you can put in the time and the effort, not to just improve your business, but to improve the lives of your ideal clients, because you're focusing on finding just those ideal leads, then trying to find 10, 100, 1,000 really is not the exercise. It's really about, do I resonate with you? Do you resonate with me, right? Does my message connect with you? Does it create an opportunity for a conversation? Will it allow you to empower you to know when to say yes to moving forward in my sales process, which is my 3C framework for how we do all things sales related in how I teach clients, right? So our connection, conversation, and conversion methodology is really a structure and a framework to allow you to see all the things that you connect to in your business such that it allows people to identify where am I at, right? Am I in connection? Am I in conversation? Or am I needing to focus on conversion? In this particular episode where I'm breaking this down, we're focusing on all three, but ultimately we're looking at conversion. We're looking at why are your leads not saying yes? Are you not being specific enough? Have you been lazy with your marketing, your messaging and your positioning? how you're actually communicating with people, because that way you're actually not creating a connection. You're not resonating with them at all. You're resonating with nobody because you have this fear that if you focus on the people that you want, the quality leads, your best clients, the ones that say yes, the ones that pay easily, the ones that get the best results with you, that somehow it's going to eliminate too much of your market and that you're not going to have a sustainable business. That is not true. Not at all. And when you do this, it allows you to create mastery. Mastery is what happens when we have quality, right? You don't become a master at your craft because you are mediocre at what you do. It's the complete opposite, in fact, right? I guarantee you that you have become a master at your craft because you decided to focus on the quality of what it is that you do that you started to learn more about what it is that you want to focus on and how you want to help people. 
And it's no different when we're looking at the quality of the lead. When you want leads that will turn into buying customers, we have to master the language with which we communicate with them. That is the conversion process. Now, there is a whole step-by-step methodology that I teach inside uh, not only Sales Mastery Society, but inside of an Excel with more ease signature program, which is really about the breakdown of our sales conversations, right? And whether you do that by chat, by DM, by email, by uh, actual conversation, the structure of how we negotiate and how we converse with people in order to lead them to a decision is not really altogether that, that different. The core principles are the same, right? Because human beings are the same. But at the end of the day, if you allow that fear to get in the way because you focus on uh, a metric that really doesn't have as much impact, which is more, I want more leads. Well, how many more? What will that do for you? How will that help your sales process? Uh, If I gave you 10 or 100 more leads, how many would convert? And if your numbers are kind of average, which no shame, right? There's, this is a no judgment zone. Typically when clients come working with me, it is around a 10 or 20% average conversion rate, which is, it's pretty solid, but it is average, right? And if you're doing things that are less conversational, then you may be uh, achieving a one to 5%, which again is the industry benchmark. But when I work with clients, We don't focus on industry benchmarks. We focus on mastery of what it is that you do so that you can communicate that in a way that resonates with your clients. Because oftentimes there is a mismatch between the quality of your work and the quality of the people that you're attracting and the quality of how you're communicating this. There's a gap, right? And that's what causes the frustration. And that's what feeds this desire to have more people because you think, well, if I just have more people, then more people will say yes, when that is completely backwards thinking. If you want more people to say yes, then you have to create ways for people to say yes and to understand why they say yes in the first place. And too many times we look at all of these conversion numbers and all of these marketing messages that have these huge numbers. And we think, oh my gosh, they have something that I don't have. So I obviously need that. No, you don't. Because if, if you looked at your list right now and you had 10 people, a hundred people that you are connected to, whether it's through an email list, a social media following your network, a database of contacts, and you were able to get not just 10 or 20% of those people to say yes to some kind of opportunity with you, right? So let's use some round numbers. So if you had 100 people right now, and you're like, Susan, I really wish I could have 10,000 people on my list. I need more leads. Okay, what would you do with them? How have you done so far? So we're gonna use these average numbers. You insert your numbers where appropriate. So out of 100 people, on average, you may have 10 or 20 of those people that are ready to say yes, and buy from you in your different programs or products, okay? So if we look at 10 or 20 people, now you might right now be going, I don't even have that many people yet. Okay, fair enough. Put in the number of choice, whatever is the number, okay? So again, no judgment here. You need to know where you're starting from so that you know how you can move forward. So I'm using some averages just to keep things simple here. 
if I was to help you to get to, let's say, 40 or 50% conversion rate for usually a higher ticket program, right? So anything that you're charging three, four, five thousand plus. So instead of having 10 or 20%, which is 10 or 20 people, now you have 40 to 50 people. Because number one, we have picked something that makes the most sense for you. We talked about this in episode number one, right? Like clarity, consistency, and confidence that you are stoked about selling this particular offer and that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're communicating it in a way that makes the most sense for your ideal client, that the quality of the lead is going to show up because you're showing up for them. So there is a strategic way and there is a subconscious mindset way that we need to match up, okay? This is a little bit of that woo-woo part, right? The, the, the supernatural, the subconscious, the like the energy and just magic that goes out into the world. We have to capture both because without it, something is going to be a little bit off. So when we focus on this, then I want you to understand that instead of 10 or 20 people, that you have an opportunity to help 40 to 50 people simply by switching what you already do without having to add on any new leads. Oftentimes, what ends up happening, because I have this all the time, Susan, I don't think they could buy from me. I don't think they have the money. I don't think they can afford me. I think my list is full of freebie hunters. I, I don't think that I have the right people on my list. I don't have the right lead. And every single time that this happens, where we just switch our mindset around thinking, you know what? That's not true. Where's the evidence? How are you showing up? And we attack all of the key principles that we covered off in the very first episode. And then we work with, so why would they say yes? Do you understand the journey of the sales process and why somebody would actually pay money for what it is that you deliver? Are you confident in allowing people to say yes to themselves and to you through your products and services, through your offer? Do you have mastery over what that needs to look like? And more importantly, are you a master at your craft? So if you are a master, if you are an expert, if you are a top 1% at what you do, and you know that to be true, and I'm not saying that you have to know everything under the sun, because if I know anything about you, chances are right now you have some doubts. You're going, well, I think I'm the expert, but I'm not sure. Sister, friend, you are the right person, okay? Because when you have a heart of service and a humble heart, you're going to question whether or not you're doing everything within your power in order to help your clients. If you are an egotistical maniac who is only out to grab money, then you would never have those thoughts. You would never have those questions. You would never second guess yourself. So the fact that you are still here listening to me right now, I know that you are the right person to help these people. And if you continue to focus on quantity over quality, you will be burnt out and exhausted. And you very well might build a business that you hate. How do I know? Because I've had clients come to me saying exactly this. I've also had clients on the flip side where I give them more leads and they don't know what to do with them. 
And so they look at it as missed opportunities. And then it breaks their heart because these are all amazing human beings that they could be helping. And they simply don't have a mechanism in place to either know how to convert them and or to have a business model that can deliver the service in a way that's completely scalable so that they don't burn out. So they, they don't um, you know, fall apart because they have customer service issues, refund issues. They can't actually help the volume of people that they're now starting to get because here's what the brilliant thing is that happens. The minute that you focus on quality, you will have an overabundance of quantity of people coming in to the different types of products and services and programs that you want in a variety of ways, sometimes very unexpected. And that is the magic of how you know God and universe provides for us. So I want you to know that if you are currently thinking, I'm going to cast my net wide because the more the merrier that you are doing yourself a vast disservice. And that instead, I want you to really think about the quality of the leads and thinking through how do you convert them from where they are right now into knowing that the aspiration that you're painting a picture for, right? And that communication that you're doing. So if you need to tighten up your positioning, your messaging, some of your marketing messages, if you need to have a much more robust workflow in terms of how they move from being interested to actually going, I have to work with you. And how does that work? Like, what are the ways so that they can actually demonstrate and be proactive and reaching out to you and being like, take my money. I need this now that you understand what that mechanism looks like and what the, the customer journey is that it makes it so much easier for you to never have to feel like selling, that you simply are providing a much needed, much required, much desired product, program, service for your ideal clients. Ideal clients that are hidden in plain sight. Ideal clients that have already reached out and put up their hand and said, I am waiting for a moment when I can do ABC with you. And I guarantee that you probably already have some of those folks in your lead list right now that you are overlooking simply because you don't know how to communicate with them in an effective manner. You don't know how to convert them in an effective manner, that you are doing things much, much harder than they need to be. And it's because you have bought into this lie that more equals better when really more is just more. And you may not even need more. You may already have exactly what you need for right this very moment so that you can get going, so that you can break through the plateau, so that you can, you know, bust through an income ceiling because you have fallen complacent, because you have become blah, because you have fed, been fed the lie and believed it. So today, I want you to break apart all of what you may have held on to as truth and just revisit and just really reframe what I've shared with you in the context of your own business and in the context of your own truth and the context of your own goals and desires. And really just take a moment to sit with what do you know to be true and what are your conversion numbers? And if the number one question I asked at the very beginning, if I was to give you an extra 1,000, 10,000, 100,000 leads, what would you do with them right now? What would happen to them? right? Would they say yes to your products and services? Do you have a mechanism that will allow them to journey through that with you? 
Is there a way for people to buy from you? What would they be buying and why? And if you can't answer those questions, then I don't believe that you have any business asking for more leads. I think asking for more leads is simply just going to hurt you. And it's going to make you feel worse about the state of your business than if you were just to take a pause and, and see where are the leaky holes in my bucket and where do I need to shore up some of my skills, some of my mastery so that I can be better served with the quality of clients that I want to help so that they can say yes to me more consistently and that I can serve them more consistently without exhausting myself on more and more and more. So I hope this was helpful. This was part two, right? So go back and listen to part one if you need to, because I think sometimes we, um, you know, we don't give ourselves enough time to really percolate and absorb what it is that has created a massive shift in how we want to see and operate in the world. So again, if you need help, if you know that conversion is an area that you are struggling with, I invite you to come inside of Sales Mastery Society and have some support with that. Or you can just grab your own copy of Sell With More Ease, which is walking you step-by-step -step through a sales conversion process, a framework for how you're going to communicate with people while you're having sales conversations. So to be clear, this program does not talk about how you position yourself in the market. It does not talk about your marketing or any of that. If you want more of the full end-to-end, -end, you're going to go into Sales Mastery Society. But if you're already having sales conversations and your conversion rate is you know, around that 10 to 20%, and you would like it to be closer to the 40, 50, 80, even 100%, that's what I've had clients be able to achieve simply because they follow the process that I teach inside of sell with more ease, go and grab that while you can. Okay. So we'll link that all below in the show notes for you. Salesmasterysociety.com is where you can find out more details to come into sales mastery society and sell with more ease. I think it's sell with more ease.com, but don't quote me, just use the link below in the show notes and that will um, take you exactly where you need to go. So thank you so much. And we will see you over in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.